This is Wholesaling Houses Elite, the no-fluff and BS podcast with tips and tricks to help you become an elite wholesaler. Our guest will spill the beans on what it takes to be the best. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Wholesaling Houses Elite podcast. I'm Max Maximo, and I am with Tyler Austin out of Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Oh my God, dude, I've seen your success just go boom, 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 boom. But before we get to there, how the heck are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good, man. It's it's the end of January, or it's actually the start of February. Today's February yeah, 1st. Yeah, it's the first. <laughs> it, is, it is already, we're already through the first month of the year. So man, I'm just, I'm just ready for the next 11, dude. That's crazy, man. So we've always been interacting on social media for a while now. I can't remember the first time. I, I remember, it's just crazy. I don't even remember the first time, but I remember your picture of, I think it was like, I know it was you more like a, a knee up shot and you're like walking somewhere with the, did you, I don't know. It was a dope shot anyways. I, that's how I remember you. And then we communicated through DM a lot. And then the first time I actually met you in person was last year at We Live 18 when you came to Charlotte, North Carolina. I was like, oh damn, you're here. And you were, uh, you were with us there and I met you, man. And uh, your story's compelling. You're a W2 guy. And, uh, you know, was a W-2 guy, I should say. Was, you know, was. was a W-2 guy. That's <laughs> awesome to say, man. But tell people a little bit about your background and how you got into real estate. Man, so, I mean, it goes back pretty far and I don't want to, I guess, go back too far, but it started, you know, when I was enlisted, right? I was I was enlisted. I was stationed in Alaska at the time. It's kind of when I first got my taste into it. When I was younger, I was always wanting to go to Alaska, right? I always want to have a cabin up there. So when, it was my first duty station. And I, uh, you know, when I was there, I started looking into like real estate investing, never really took it like serious, you know, because it's Alaska, everything's stupid expensive. I'm an airman. I don't, I make nothing, you know, you hear that guys, he's an airman air force. Who? Yeah. Air force. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there looking for properties and stuff. I'm like $300,000, man. That's like, that's like my, my th- three months of my paycheck just in the mortgage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's not going to happen. So, you know, I dug further, ended up doing nothing, just stayed living on base three years goes by or whatever, I end up going down into Minot. Oh, North Dakota. And North Dakota, man, spent spent uh, three years there in the negative 60. I was in Cheyenne for two and a half years. Yeah, it's cold, man. Taking those helicopter <laughs> rides to Minot. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. So yeah, you know, and, and, and that's kind of when I started trying to like looking into it a little bit more because I'm like nearing the end of my enlistment. I was deciding like, what am I going to do? I was like, okay, I'm just going to try cross train. No one's going to know what that means, but uh, and, and I was going to just continue going on my 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 military career. But in that process, I ended up buying a house, and I was trying to do the whole house hacking thing, like buy a duplex, buy a triplex, or something like that, and then continue on. Where'd you buy and, that? And uh, I didn't buy it. I bought the I bought, ended up buying a house, a regular single family. But okay. I was looking for that. That's kind of like sorry, yeah. I kind of skipped a bunch there. I, I started doing bird dogging, right? And I and I thought that's how I could like get a little bit of money in real estate. It ended up not working out at all. Instead, we went, I went with a realtor. We looked at like 50 properties and he ended up being like, dude, are you gonna buy a place? Like, aren't you? Because you're kind of wasting my time. Yeah. Him and I are good friends now. He did like 64 properties as a as a, a realtor in, in Minot last wow. year, which is insane. What I ended up doing is I ended up buying a house and I bought it based off of the I was like, okay, it's oil, right? This oil market. So I bought a house because of the oil. Come to find out, um, you can't rely on like local oil market. And two years later, I sold the place and and thankfully I put some sweat equity in it and and uh, ended up breaking even on it. But that was like my first doing the bird dogging and researching for a triplex and duplexes was like my first intro to it. I ended up getting out a month after I got out. I found out we were well. I wasn't pregnant. My wife was pregnant. <laughs> I had no job. 
I was going to school full time and I'm like, man, I, I got to figure out what to do. So what did I end up doing? Even though I was trying to do like entrepreneurial stuff, I was doing like a recruiting agency and all this other stuff. Um, I ended up flowing into, uh, back into the W2 life, right? That's when I started the GS position again. And that kind of like put me there. So then fast forward again, let's go back uh, two years. Now I'm in Florida, right? Yeah. My local market. I'm like, okay, we're here in a local place. I know this area. I'm going to start going at it. And, and, uh, that was May of last year. I decided like, I'm going to actually try, start trying to do wholesaling. Yeah. So how did you hear about it though? For like, I guess you heard about it a while ago, right? Cause you started doing bird dogging stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so what ended up happening is that whole time frame I was looking for like investment properties. I was trying to find like a buy and hold properties. And, um, I was having like the worst of luck trying to actually find a buy and hold property. Right. It was like, everything was just market price. Everything was super expensive. And then I'm like, I'm hearing about these guys listening to like the bigger pockets podcast, um, and all that stuff, like getting these steep discounts. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I was literally just going to realtors and saying, Hey, I would like to make this offer. And they're like, are you crazy? Like are you trying to hurt my name right now? And I dug deeper and ended up finding, um, I ended up finding the, the wholesaling. Right. Um, and of course, just like everybody else, I was like, this can't be like real, you know, like this can't be like legit. And I wholesale products. Like I had like niche websites where I was wholesaling stuff from like Alibaba, you know, and like, you know, e-commerce type stuff before. So I knew so, like, the so what term. I'm gathering, what I'm gathering is you had the entrepreneurial spirit for a long time. Oh yeah. I, you know, since I was like 13, I was building websites, trying to sell stuff online. It all failed, you know, same like, here. I, Failure I is necessary. <laughs> yeah. I, I would get to the point where I'd like make like a couple hundred dollars a month on like an e-com site and then be like, okay, I'm done, you know? And <laughs> instead of like going with it, Right. And, um, and, but I, so I knew, I knew about like the wholesaling term. And, uh, from that, I dug deeper, dug deeper, dug deeper, and found out, okay, so all I got to do is like find a property. And because I did some bird dogging, which I, I only made like $500 from, I think I ended up only closing one deal out of the ones I was sending to the realtor. And I was bird dogging to a realtor, not an investor, by the way. So I was trying to find properties, send it to the realtor, and try and get him to get him under contracts. Like, so it's kind of, I was like, I don't know. It's kind of doing it backwards, but, um, nevertheless, um, I was like, okay, so I just got to do the same thing. I just got to do it on a larger scale and get in front of these people. So I spent, I ended up, you know, blowing through right around like somewhere around $10,000 in like mail and list source data and all this other stuff. I just went full in. Right. And, you know, I was getting back like 200 pieces of mail a week mm. in my mailbox. And I'm like, I, there's something I'm doing wrong. You know, like, like there's, there's something here. So I stopped for like two months and, uh, for that two months, I like regathered my thoughts, figured everything out. And then from there, after I restarted building out my processes, making like a backend site, I'm not going to get into all that right now, but hit the ground running after that. And then it was just like, you know, like this. And then, um, like two months after that, you know, I think I had closed somewhere around almost 10 deals or so. And then I'm at the event sitting with, you know, with you guys. And, and that's where I was at from there. So let me, let me go back a little bit, because I think what's important is that you have the entrepreneur mindset, you've been doing things, you, you get home, you get put in a corner, your, your, your wife is about to have a baby. You find out that you guys are having a baby and then you get into wholesaling, you know, listen to podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff. And you're like, look, this is the way it's working. I got to do mail. And you burn through about 10 grand doing that. And you're realizing, wait, I'm getting a bunch of return mail. I don't know what to do here. And you stop for two months. You literally stop. Do you take the time to analyze or are you like, I don't know if I really want to do this? Uh, for me, it was an analyze thing because like I, I, I've told myself like in everything that I've done, like um, if, if I don't get a return from something, it's not the something. 
right? It's because there's other people doing it, right? Yeah. It's, it's something I got to figure out. Like it's something me, it's not them. You know, a lot of people try and do this self-reflection thing and, and they, they push it off on somebody else. Like yeah. go into the gym and, and all this other stuff. Like it's, it's, it's always a you thing. It's just, you have to dedicate the time and invest in yourself to figure out what really do we need to do here? You know, it, is it something that, where am I lacking at? So I, I, what I did is I, I did a mind map, you know, I'm big mm-hmm. into mind maps. I'm big into like putting everything out in front of me. Very analytical person. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I put it all out there and I'm like, okay, what is it inside everything I'm doing right now that's actually failing? And once you find out what that thing is that's failing, then you can reverse engineer from there and say, okay, I got to fix this one thing. And for me, it was because like I was sending out a bunch of marketing, but I was getting no, nothing in return. So that was what I focused on fixing. And after I fixed that from there, because at this point, um, so I was working at my GS position, a W2 job, a, not a bad job, uh, good for long term, right? Most people and, would and like, GS for GS for most people is, is a government service. So you worked for the government. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, just we're we're in code talk now. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, great job. Like all my family was like, "Why are you leaving that? It takes Congress to get you fired. Like that's the most secure job. Like everyone tries to get it." I'm like, I worked so hard to get to this point to being a GS. You know, I was GS twelve, right? Which mm. is, is a decent rank yeah, in, in GS absolutely. terms. And I just was not happy, man. I was like, I was like legit, like sadder and emotionally down than I was when I was like, you know, in the process of getting there, I guess. Yeah. Broke. I think a lot of people, I tell people all the time, man, I said, one of the worst diseases is going to work every day and you hating that job, man. It's, it's, I think it's, I think it kills people, man. And it wasn't so much like the job itself. Like I love, like I was a cybersecurity engineer and, and I love like that stuff. Like I love doing computer stuff. I love, you know, the stuff I was working on, but it was the, it was the non-freedom of being able to do things I wanted to do. But you know, you know what, Tyler, there's a lot of people that are in the same position you are in. They, they, they're okay with their job. They're making decent money, but it's the burn inside of them. That's wanting them to go do something else. And I always encourage people go follow that entrepreneur spirit, because at the end of the day, if you leave your job correctly, do what you're supposed to do, you can go get it back. Yeah. You can go get it back. Don't worry about it. Like if you really want something, go after it and go get it. And, I, and that's true about anything in life, especially, you know, entrepreneur spirit, go after it, chase it because you only got so long. You do. You only have so long to do it. And that's, that's what I said. Just go, go do it. So what was that aha moment? What was, when you were analyzing those two months, you said, I'm, I burned through so much money. I don't really have it like that. What did you do in those two months to analyze? What was your aha moment? And then you kept, kept the ball kicking down the road. Ironically, so that GS position is a 50% travel, right? And um, I, was, I was in, I think I was in California. I was at, at Edwards, I think Edwards Air Force Base at the time. And I was in my hotel room and uh, I was looking through my call rail stuff. And then I was like, okay, I got this many calls, you know, from that mail. I got this much mail returned. I kind of like ran the numbers, if you will, to see how much I, I, I sent compared to how much I got back. And then I was like, well, that doesn't make no sense. So then I started looking at the data and I found out that, you know, from what everybody was telling me online, I just buy this list source data and just send it. And that, that wasn't like proper, right? Um, so I started looking through it and I found out that the list that I was sending was actually like 50% of it was like not clean. Like it was just like missing first and last names. It was just bad. It was just bad data. So like, then I came, when I got back from California, I pulled out, I like, I laid out all the mail and I started looking at the mail and I was like, Oh, like when I put sent out this mail, I was sending out mail that like, wasn't accurate to the person. Like it was missing, like 
that the name wasn't accurate or whatever. So the mail office just naturally just sent it back to me. Like it just wasn't making it there. So there was that piece right there, finding out that my data was just bad. What I ended up doing is I ended up cleaning that data and doing another send of mail on my very first week back in that actual first bit of mail that I sent out ended up being my first deal came out of that. Never sent mail, haven't sent mail. Well, I, I do send mail still, but not to that extent. I haven't sent bulk mail since then. After that first deal, it's always been, you know, uh, figuring out how I can make the data as clean as possible to send it off to get skip traced and all that stuff. So because I say things and a lot of people say things, but data is king. Data is right? king. The good yeah. data. 100%. That's what we're in. We're in finding the opportunity and the opportunity is going to be within the data. Yeah. If you start off with the wrong data, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get it wrong at the end. And a lot of people, they blame the skip tracing company. They blame the dialing company. They blame their cold callers. And it's like, what did you feed them to begin with? Yep. If you fed them crap, you're going to get crap. Chicken S always turns out to be chicken S. You can't make 100%. chicken salad out of it. Yeah. So I think it's cool. So you, you, you're at this point now, you're kicking it off, you're rolling, you decide it's the data. You start to dive deep in that. You come to the conference and I think, yeah, you were in the, you were in the mastermind portion. So you were at the day, the day before the conference start, you and a couple other people were all in this room and you deep dived your business. And what I liked about your business, and we all critique everybody's business, but you had you were very analytical, sometimes a little bit over analytical, but you used you used your brain and the data and your background in computer and computer science and all that stuff to really hack into what was already in front of you to dissect it to, to go out. So kind of explain your process and some of your, like, give, give me some stuff that most people you don't see doing. Give me one of, one of your golden gems that you don't see most people doing that you do very well. So because, because I was traveling so much, because I was still tra- I was still in that job at this time, right? I was traveling 50% of the year. My, my most important thing was creating processes around my business and figuring out, okay, how can I make it so that this data, after I receive this data, is clean before it gets sent out? So then obviously the first thing people think about is a, a VA. So I got the VA integrated. I record every single process um, that everything that I do, I record it and teach myself how to do it or teach my VA how to do it through recordings. I document that online. I break my business up into four different quadrants, acquisitions, dispositions, administration, and uh, what's the last one? I just lost it. Acquisitions, dispositions, uh, admin, and marketing, right? So the first thing I did was I, I documented that whole marketing process on 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 paper in my mind mind map, right? And then I, I put it, I, I go through my mind map and I record it every single step on how I do everything and put it online. That way that's all automated. I automate that whole process um, so that my VA knows how to do all that. So what we do in that marketing and, and to get to where I'm sending off the best data possible is we, we break apart the data into f- four different sheets, right? Trusts, companies, missing data, uh, and clean data. So um, when I receive that data, and it doesn't matter if it's a tax delinquent list, a probate list, or whatever, it's all the same. It's, you know, your data is your data. So I'm about trying to get it to where my most expensive marketing cost is the last thing that I do. It's like my last effort to contact that person. They get put on that drip cycle. So um, we receive data in, and that data gets broken apart, and we sift through all that data and make it into those four different main sheets. That clean data right away after it's clean gets sent for skip tracing or it can get sent to mail depending on your, what you're doing in your business, right? Right away. Once that data comes back from skip tracing, we receive it back and we break that data up into two other sheets. Numbers, no numbers. The numbers sheet, we throw in and we start putting through our cold calling and our RVM and all that stuff. 
the no numbers sheet automatically gets started on a mail campaign because there's no other way to reach them if I can't call them. If we can't call them, then, and we don't get in front of them, then we will throw them on a mail campaign as well. So we have that whole sequence and that's all automated. And that was what I implemented while I was traveling 50% of the year and having it with one VA after my first, I think five or six deals, I hired an acquisitions manager, trained her while I was home and then went on like, I think three or four appointments with her. And then I went out and I was TDYing. She was closing deals while we were at, while I was at the wholesaling elite summit, she closed two deals. Yeah, I remember that. Or not That's the summit. Dope, I'm sorry. I just, I just named. I just, I just made messed up. Years no, I get it. Wholesale yeah, Elite Live, man. Elite Live. We, we live eighteen. We live eighteen. We live. I mixed up. <laughs> you know, she closed two deals while I was there. You know, and 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 that was like, um, that was when I realized, like, okay, it, it's it's about you can scale this. I can scale this. I got systems. I'm good to go. So let me let me go back because the people driving and listening to this, I want you to I want you to take the time right now, pull over and write this down. You break your business up into four categories. You said you said acquisitions, dispositions, marketing, and what was the other one? Administration. And technically there's five. There's a fifth one called networking and education. Okay. And that's you as a C, that's CEO and the leader. You have to do that. Now, reason why this is important, uh, this is so important. And this is what I liked when he was in the mastermind with us uh, the day before the We Live 18 event. I sit there and I, I look how analytic you are. And this is how people need to break it down. You break it down and you need a marketing department. You need an acquisitions department, a dispositions department, and an administrative department. And you said each one of those boxes, you took the marketing department and you recorded videos on how you do every single one of your marketing channels, right? That's very, why is that very important? You know, I want to fire myself from the most tedious tasks first, the things that need to be automated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what he did, I did not do in the early beginning stages of my business. Everything I had was up here. And I'm actually still learning and doing more of that as I grow now, because as I grow, more of my business practices are just in my brain. So what he did, being a very analytical person, he did that up front. And that's that's great. So he documented his marketing, his dispositions, his acquisitions, and his administrative work. And literally he went through and said, okay, how do I how do I use RVMs and recorded the process? How do I send mail? How do I do this? And he recorded every single one of those taking his time of his business. That way he had his whole business mapped out. Like it's one of those crazy movies that if he, if he just disappeared one day, somebody should be able to watch these videos and run his business for him as he had it set up. That's really important to me, actually. What you just said right there is what I always tell everybody is like, if I'm going to build a business, right? I'm always in, in any business, right? Whether it's one of the other businesses I'm trying to create or whatever, it always has to be in a stage for me. And it's just probably, you know, it, to where if someone comes up to me tomorrow and they say, hey, I really like your business, I'd like to acquire it. I need to be in that position to be able to make those moves. Like if I pass away for whatever reason and another CEO can't take over and my wife can't be collecting a paycheck for my business, then it's not a business in my mind. I mean, it, it might be something that's producing money, but it's not like a business that, that is like a long-term lifetime ability to hold it. It might just be something that might be within my lifetime. And I'm about building this business. The whole reason I started wholesaling, the whole reason I started investing was so that I could create something that goes beyond my lifetime. And to do that, I have to, I had to have everything structured in that, in that way that would provide that for my family. And that's so important, guys. And that if anything you've ever listened to in this podcast right now, take those four quadrants, document exactly what you do, 
um, use uh, you can use uh, a screen recording program. What what do you use to record your screen and, and record yourself? Uh, so I have OBS, and then I also have uh, I don't know. There's another one I have, but OBS Studio is free. Yeah, I have OBS. I have uh, one that I use. I use Screen Capture. Screen Capture. It's not probably hundred bucks, but it's worth it. It's it's not the free one. And then there is a free one that's a website. I don't remember what it was, but document your processes step by step so that you can eventually have somebody. People always ask me, I want to get a VA. I want to get a VA. Okay, great. Do you, does your VA know exactly what to do? Or are you going to hire them for two weeks, figure out you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fire them again? It's like, that's that's crazy. So you break you break your mail down. I like that because a lot of people, when they start this business and they start, and that's why I told people, when you start, just go driving for dollars. And the reason why that's so important, one, you're going to learn your market. Two, you're actually going to get to see properties. Hopefully you get out the car and talk to anybody that's renovating a property to find out who bought it, who's renovating, pick up contractors, all that type of stuff. Talk to neighbors just to get friendly with your neighborhood, your market, that area. And the data is right in front of you. You see the house, it's vacant. You write down the address, you find out who the owner is and you go find that person. But when you start buying lists, understand that these lists that you get from these list companies or anywhere, any data, even if you go directly to the source, which is what I do like to do a lot, you're still getting bad data because data is not always correct. That's it. It's just never correct. So I like how you break it down. I do something very similar in my business where I get their skip tracing back. Those guys go into a deeper, more expensive skip trace that I can't get. And then if I can't get them, then they turn into a simple mail piece. I like that business uh, model you got. So what happens? What are you doing now? You're, you're, it's, it's post We Live 18. We had that in October. You totally killed it in the mastermind. I'm pretty sure you learned a lot uh, from the mastermind. You, you've probably connected with a bunch of people in there to help your business. What are you doing now? What does it look like now? So coming out of the We Live 18, so the, the reason um, you know I even attended, like the reason I went to that, right, is number one, like I said earlier, you have to invest in yourself, right? And another part of that is 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 the growth opportunity to be able to network with people. You know, whether you go there and you learn nothing, right? You can't blame whatever you're going there. You can't blame like like if I were to tomorrow like go to I don't know Walmart and and go there for peas and I forget peas. It's not because Walmart didn't have peas because I never actually looked for it, right? I don't know, really weird example, but like if I'm going to like I went to the event to be able to do that networking. It's worked out, you know, it was great because, you know, like uh, Armani, you know, like like uh real good dude. Um, and, uh, a bunch of other guys that, that I communicate on a consistent basis with, you know, we have the, the mastermind, uh, Facebook group and stuff like that. Um, and then just everybody else around us talking with people, mingling with people, bringing like even someone just starting in the business. Like I was talking to them, right. And, and just something that they've done, I haven't even closed a deal yet, but they just said something. I was like, Hey, that's a good idea because here's one, like, like big thing. I think people have like a big, like a misconception about like, you don't necessarily Okay. And, and you talk about gurus, and I a hundred percent believe in that, but you don't necessarily, some people aren't good at action, but they're good at explanation. And so even if someone hasn't closed a deal yet, that doesn't mean that you can't listen to them and understand what they're trying to say. And from that, like, there is a, uh, and around the tables kind of around us, you know, we would get up at the end and, and talk and so explain, explain the mastermind sessions for the people that never been to one. Okay. So, um, so a mastermind session, basically what we did is I was at, because of my last name, starting with an A, you know, I had to be the first <laughs> test subject for it. But, you know, you stand up, uh, you, basically you stand up and, and you, you break apart your business, you break apart what's going on. Uh, in this case, we had right around 20, 20, 25 people in the room. Yeah, They get to see everything that you have going on in your business. And then, and, and they get to chime in 
people that are more experienced than you get to chime in and, and give you tips and tricks and things that you should probably change or do. Um, and, and really what it is, is it's, it's a boilerplate is what it is. It boils down to, to, uh, really a, like a bowl of chili or whatever. You throw everything in there and, and the, in the end you have this awesome dish, right? Like, like, uh, and you, you just network with people and it's, it's really great cause it's a, it's a more in-depth, uh, feeling, you know, and, you have to, a lot of people, they look at it and they look at like price tags, right? Like, like I know you, 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 you mentioned in, in your, your, uh, your YouTube, uh, channel and stuff, you, you spend like $25,000 for like On just one, one mastermind, just one for the year. But what people don't understand is like that number, like that number just goes up. Like the more you become, you know, successful, the more expensive it gets to become even more successful. It's just the nature <laughs> of the game. People to get in with people that are like-minded with you you know, their businesses, their time is, is important, you know, and, and you have to spend more to get in there. So it's like, uh, I think it's kind of funny when, when, when people talk about like the price tag. So for me, like I had deals that I had already closed or whatever I invested in myself and out of that. And that's what I was leading in from that into like what I do now. Like, like I came out of that, there's things in my business I didn't have, even though I'm super analytical, you'd think I'd have something as simple as like how I have my bank account structured how I do my taxes. So like Scott Utz, you know, the thing that that was like, he bring up one screen and he showed, you know, he break up three bank accounts and you don't think about it. Cause like in my personal bank account, I have it like that. But in my business bank account, I just opened one business bank account. All my money went into it and I used QuickBooks and that was that. And it was kind of annoying. Right. But then he broke it down how much to set apart. So now every time, you know, I receive a check, as soon as I get it, 20% goes into this account, 15% goes into this account. And then money stays in my other account. And it like, I came out of it and that one thing, you know, right now it's tax season, right? You that feel one good thing, now, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. In fact, what's awesome is like, I, I don't even have to pay taxes. So now I have this like, you know, because I'm breaking even on taxes, my, the, I think 20 or 30,000 that we have inside of the tax account right now, that's new money. Like I'm putting that over into my, my profits account and we're yeah. going to probably, uh, there's two, two duplexes we're looking at right now with that. So it's, you know, you go into it and you take so much away but you're not going to take anything away if you're not actively searching for the can of peas. If we're going to go back to that weird example. I, li- I like it. I get the weird example, but I like it. So tell people listening to this, especially the W-2 people, what it takes and and your courage to, to, to leave that W-2 position to go pursue something that you actually want. What was going through your head? And because and, and, you, you've been in that position recently. What, what do you tell somebody in that same position you were in month, you know, a year or so ago? It's a, it's a hard one, right? I mean, it, it eats at you. You know, I, I called my mom, I called my dad, I called everybody. I'm like, man, I'm about to make a decision, you know? And, uh, and everybody at my job though, this is the crazy thing. It's, it's so important to have people around you that support the hell out of you. Right. And, uh, I'm telling people at my job, like, this is what I'm making. I'm making like in a month, what I make in a year here. And they're like, why the hell are you still here? I'm like, I, I don't really know. Like, I don't know, fear maybe, like, I don't know, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I'm telling them that and, um, you know, and they kind of pushed me along and kind of coached me up or whatever. And there was people, you know, you, some younger guys, um, I guess my, my age, I should say that kept coming up to me and asking me about what I'm doing. And I started talking with them and educating them on what the business is and they are entrepreneurially spirited. So they started wanting to move out. And I was like, it's like, I realized that like I knew more about what I was doing now than what I really almost even did in my W2, more or less. Like, like so that kind of encouraged me a little bit to know like, hey, I, I know this. So what I just did is I just went and I sat down with my, my director and I told her, I'm like, listen, this is what's going on. 
you know, this is what I have going on. This is what I want to do. You know, I've always wanted to do this. Like there's always been everybody that is, even if you're listening to this podcast right now, there's a huge chance that inside like your heart, like something deep down, you really can't express it, but there's something there that like can't be put into words that like you feel like you're, it's like either whether it's something greater or it's something like you're worth more or whatever it is. Like there's really no words for explanation. You feel that. And if you feel that, especially you know, whether you're old or young, you have to seize that because there's no other time than like the now. So if you don't, then like, I'm not saying that when you leave, you're going to feel better. I'm not yeah. saying that at all, because when I left, it, it, I'm not saying that like, I felt good because I didn't have to go there. But at the same time, I also felt, um, I felt freedom, but I also felt the pressure. And yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because now with that pressure, it just makes you excel even more. But I just, I say, just do it right now. Yeah. Everyone's personal situation is going to be different. You know, I got, you know, $2,000 a month mortgage, which was like a huge reason why, like, I was like, man, I made this much. <laughs> uh, if I have this mortgage, my current W2 can pay for my mortgage. And then I could take that money that I earned from my business and buy an extra rental property a month. You know, you have all these excuses that you start bringing up in your mind on why you shouldn't do it. But instead, you should focus on why you should and stop making excuses for yourself and just kick yourself and, you know, to the curb and just do it. Dude, I, I love your story, man. I, I love everything about it. And, you know, it's 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 very common. I have these I have these conversations at airports when I'm traveling, sitting next to people, uh, you know, just go out and do it, I guess, you know, but, you know, because it's just, it'll eat you alive. You know, there's a guy that says, you know, there's nursing homes are full of regrets. So don't don't be one of those people in the nursing home full of regrets, man. But it's been great knowing you on social. Then I finally get to meet you at the We Live 18 event and you came to the mastermind. And it's good to continue knowing. I love watching you grow on social media. I see that you're very active now. Tell people where they can find you at on social media and le- reach out to you. Yeah, so pretty much everywhere um, on social media. Instagram is Tyler Austin Original. That's where I'm out on Facebook, I'm pretty sure. Um, YouTube, just Tyler Austin. Um, I don't think I have original in there on YouTube, but yeah, what I, I love giving back. If people have questions, you know, or curious about what I do, just, just hit me up. Like it, it's educating other people. What I've learned is like you, you give and you get, you know what doesn't I mean? It feels, doesn't it, it feel so good though? It's when you so can, good, man. And it's crazy. You don't even have to try. You just give it. And then next thing you turn around, it's like twice as much as you gave is right behind you. So I love giving, man. And I, I know that you're a giver and I'm, I'm happy for you and your family that you know you don't have to deal with this anymore and you you've made that decision and it's working out and you enjoy it and you know if you got if you guys out there in podcast land have questions and you're you're having that w2 debate in your head hit up tyler man see what his thoughts were on it and how he did it man but once again tyler i appreciate you coming on this is podcast number two season two of the wholesale and elite podcast i'm glad you made it and hopefully i see you in uh we live 19 in dallas and talking about we live 19 here goes a little shameless plug. Today, I, I'm excited because today I just announced that Gary V is going to be speaking at We Live 19. He's coming. He's going to be at the event speaking. So make sure you're there. Make sure you're there. Gary Vaynerchuk's going to be speaking at We Live 19. And I hope to see you guys in Dallas, Texas. Tyler, I appreciate you coming on here. And I'll be watching, brother. Hope to see you soon. We'll see you guys. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to the Wholesaling Houses Elite Podcast with Max Maxwell. Make sure to tune in next week to see what elite wholesaler will have in the hot seat.